Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. God, we're so thankful, God, for your sweet touch of the Holy Ghost, God. And today, Lord, pray that you'd continue to, to minister while you're standing. Turn with me to Mark chapter 4, please, if you would. I'm going to be reading today from a passage of Scripture that contains uh, probably my favorite parable. It's the parable of the sower. I know that pastor has mentioned to me and brother David that this church is going to be a mobilizing church. And to do that, we got to sow some seed. Not only that, but we've got to receive some seed in our lives, right? So today I want to read in, in your hearing Mark chapter 4 and verse 1. And the scripture says, And he began again to teach by the seaside. And there gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea. And the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things by parables and said unto them in his doctrine. We learned about doctrine this weekend, didn't we? He says, hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. And it came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth and it immediately sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it and yielded no fruit. Two more verses, and, and other fell on good ground and yielded fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some 30 and some 60 and some 100. And he said unto them, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Let him hear. Today, I, I have a unique topic. You can set your Bibles down for just a moment. I have a unique topic today. I hope it's going to make sense by the end of it. But today, I want to minister to us from a thought of good old Uncle Kev. Good old Uncle Kev. We need some Uncle Kevs in our church today. And I pray that the Lord will minister to us and help us today. Let's lift our hands one more time. God, we magnify you. We're thankful for your word, God. It's forever settled in heaven. And God, we ask today that it would prick the hearts of men. God, that it would be used, Lord, to, to bring forth good fruit 
in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask this in your precious and holy name. Move amongst your people. In Jesus' mighty name. Somebody said amen. Can you help me preach today? Can you help me preach today? Come on, somebody. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. Mark chapter 4 just so happens to be my favorite parable in Scripture that Jesus taught. Mark chapter 4, it it begins with uh, the writer letting the reader know that Jesus began to teach by the seaside and, and there was gathered unto him a great multitude. There were many people that were there that day just to hear Jesus teach. All right? There were a lot of people there, and so he entered into a ship and sat in the sea. There were so many people, he had to go get in a ship just to teach them, just to talk to them, right? And not only that, but in the whole multitude was by the sea, and he taught them many things in parables and said unto them in this doctrine. He said, Behold... (laughs) There went out a sower to sow. How many know that we are sowers of the word of God? We are sowers of the word of God. And the scripture goes on to say, And it came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. And the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And to me, whenever we sow seed, sometimes we sow to people that it goes in one ear and right out the other. Sometimes we, we sow seeds to, to people where they might not be interested in everything we have to say, brother. There's sometimes that we, uh, that we go in and we, we begin to speak to people and they don't really have time for the word of God or what we're trying to say to them. And, and it's just like... It's one in here and and right out the other. It's just gone. And then the the scripture goes on to say, And some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched because it had no root. And it withered away. You have the wayside. And then you have... The stony ground. These are the people, I believe, that whenever you begin to sow the word of God, that it looks like they're going to accept it for a good minute. It looks like they're going to to partake in it and listen and and believe the word of God. But the scripture says that whenever the sun comes up, whenever the heat is applied... Whenever, whenever trials come and, and things begin to happen, that word might be tested a, a little bit. How many know somebody like that today? Hopefully there's nobody in here today, but there probably is somebody in here today that, that you know that whenever they hear a word given to them, they believe it for a second. And it, and it looks like they're growing for just a minute. Then it withers away. It withers away because there was no depth in them. There was no, there was no root in them. And then you see people that 
are amongst the, the thorns. The scripture says that, that in some fell amongst the thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it and yielded no fruit. You have the wayside, the stony ground, the thorns. The thorns are those that they receive the word. They might, they might believe it for a while. They come to church and, and, and they believe on the word of God, but yet whenever they go home, whenever they get on their own, the things of this world begin to choke it away. The, the, the cares of this world begin to really just bypass what the word was sown into their heart. We, we as sowers, it is our responsibility to just sow. It doesn't matter if it's on the wayside, doesn't matter if, if it's on the stony ground, doesn't matter if it's on uh, the thorns. We, we just sow. And, and those people that, that are on the thorns, they go to church with us every time the doors are open. We have people in my church today, people in our church right now in this, under the sound of my voice, that, that they come and they hear the word of the Lord. But there's no fruit to it. It's not fruitful. Am I helping somebody today? Am I helping somebody today? In all those grounds that we just covered, there's one thing that still remains. The sower still sows. The sower still sows. How many in here are sowers of the word of God? How many want to be a witness of the word? I wish I had two or three that would stand on their feet and say, God, I, it doesn't matter who it is. It may be somebody on the street. It may be somebody that's going through something. And it may be somebody sitting right here beside me today. It doesn't matter. I'm still going to sow the word. Somebody shout it. Sow the word. Sow the word. Come on, somebody. And then, whoo, the scripture goes on to say, and other fell on good ground. And it did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some 30 and some 60 and some 100. Good soil. 30, 60, 100. These are the people that are worth it. These are the people that whenever you begin to sow seed into their life, brother, and you begin to, to invest in the word of God into their lives, and you begin to teach Bible studies, and you teach a Sunday school, and you see, and you see fruit begin to grow, it is worth it. It's worth it to go and talk to that neighbor across the street. And it's worth it to go and speak to that person in, in Walmart down in Seymour. Or, or it's worth it to go down the street at the gas station and begin to... Because you don't know what ground they're on. You don't know. It's worth it to sow seed because everybody has a chance to be 
on good soil. Everybody has a chance. And I'm praying for this church. I pray that there be a hundredfold. I pray that there be 30-fold. And I pray that there be 60-fold. God, I pray that you'd pour it out, Lord. Let us be a witness for your word today. Lord, let our light shine for you, O Lord. And God, I pray, Lord, that there would be increase. And that there would be those that are fruitful in the word. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. God, we're going to mobilize this area. We're going to mobilize this county in Jesus' name with the word of the Lord. Praise your name, Jesus. Praise your name. Clap your hands one more time unto the Lord. We're sowers. We sow the word. We sow the word. Sowing. It's not about us just determining which person to really invest in. It's not our responsibility to pick and choose. We just sow. Some sowed amongst the wayside. Some sowed amongst the stony ground. Some sowed amongst the thorns. And some sowed amongst the good soil. The sower still sowed. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that beautiful today? Mark continues to write it, and and this is why this is my favorite parable, Brother David. Mark chapter 4 and verse 10 begins, and and if if you have it on the screen, that, that would help me out a lot. Thank you. The scripture says, and when he, Jesus, was alone, they that were about him with the twelve asked of him about the parable. They might not have understood what this parable really was talking about and what it really, really meant. And if you jump down to verse 13, the Bible says, and he said unto them, Jesus says unto them, know ye not this parable? And how then will ye know all parables. Jesus alone has his disciples come to him. This small group of people. This is not on the boat. This is not in front of the the thousands. Maybe I, I don't know how many people were there. The great multitude of people. The scripture says that the disciples came to Jesus whenever he was alone away from everybody else. And they asked about this parable, and, and Jesus says, Know ye not? How will you understand any parable lest you understand this one? In my opinion, I think Jesus was letting us know the importance of the word and not only how it applies to people's lives but how it applies to ours I believe I believe it in my heart of hearts that Jesus at that moment was saying that if you don't understand this then you aren't going to understand anything else that I'm trying to teach you this sewing business is the real deal this sewing business is the truth and the scripture goes on to say Jesus is so amazing when he says it he says the sower in verse 14 the sower soweth the word yes, sir. 
He's clarifying. This, in my, I, I don't know. I don't have Brother Walls here. I wish I did because I'd ask him. It, it, this might be the only parable in Scripture that you read where Jesus clarifies and repeats himself. Just to let you know, this is of utmost importance. Jesus says, the sower soweth the word. It's the word that still works, somebody. It's the word that still changes lives. It's the word that's still settled forever in heaven. That word, oh Lord, have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Thy word, oh Lord, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Let me tell you somebody, the word still works. The word still works. And Jesus Goes on to say, man, I love this. He says, he repeats himself and he goes, and these are they by the wayside. Verse 15. Where the word is sown, but they, I'm sorry, but when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh the word that was sown in their hearts. These are people by the wayside. Jesus is letting them know that, that whenever that word is sown into them, Satan is going to try to come immediately and steal that word. Somebody say amen. amen. Jesus clarifies this parable, I believe, for a specific reason. The first time he mentions it to the multitude, he is saying it to them as ones that would be sowers. But whenever the disciples come to him and he begins to speak to the disciples one-on-one, he's telling them how to be recipients of the word. Recipients of the word. How many know that if we don't receive the word of God, sowing, we, we don't have any business doing any sowing. We don't have any time just going out and sowing words whenever we can't receive it for ourselves. Jesus repeats this this parable and he says, Know ye not this parable and how will you know all parables? He says, And the sower soweth the word, but these are they by the wayside when the sower sows the word. And, and, but when they've heard it, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word sown in their hearts. Again, these are people that sit here every day. I'm speaking to us today. I'm speaking to me. I'm speaking to me today that whenever the word of God goes forth and it's applied to my life. And, and, and I, I just go through a normal motion and, and I just casually go through my day and I don't really take heat to it. And it goes in one ear and right out the other. Satan will come and immediately try to devour that word. That word, woo! That word's worth it, somebody. That word's worth it, somebody. And then we go on and the scripture says, and these are they likewise are sown on the stony ground. He's repeating himself. Anybody getting the picture? Who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. Gladness. 
and have no root in themselves and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction and persecution comes for the word's sake, for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. That word offended means to be stumbled on and to be just, uh, just to trip upon. Whenever somebody in this house is amongst the stony ground, we receive it for just a moment. We receive that promise that pastor preached about for a moment. We receive that word that that, that, that that evangelist came and spoke to us. Maybe somebody came and prayed over us. And, and maybe it sounded good for just a moment. And I believed it for just a second. But there was no root. I didn't put it down far enough in the soil. Woo! Hallelujah. I didn't put it down far enough in the ground. And whenever persecutions and, and things and trials came for the word's sake, for the word's sake, it immediately went away. Let me tell you something today. The word that our pastor preaches to us if it applies to your life, you hear me today. You don't think that word will be tested in you? You don't think that word will be tested in your spirit? The word of God, it's worth it, man. It's worth it, sis. The, the, the word of God, whenever we hear it, whenever, whenever we're listening to it, we, we must position ourselves to be receivers. Of the word. And so that is the, the stony ground. And, and I came here to tell you today that the stony ground was the longest description that Jesus gave. Because too many times we come into the sanctuary of the house of God and we hear the word of God being preached unto us. And we hear the word of God being delivered to our families and to our lives. And then we just place it under some stones and it might grow for just a moment, but on Tuesday, I'm just back to the same old norm. I'm just back to the same old ritual and I'm back to the same old thing that I was dealing with whenever I got freedom on Sunday and whenever I was whenever I was set free on a Wednesday night or a Tuesday night I was I was it was that word that God gave me in prayer and it was that word that God began to share with me and my family about about victory and about my ministry but I I I, I listened to it for a moment but I didn't think I was worthy enough to really believe it. Woo! Somebody help me today. Somebody help me today. Let's close our eyes for just a moment. Lord, I feel your presence. Come on, somebody, let's pray for just a moment. Let the word of God go into our hearts today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Clap your hands into the Lord. The wayside, the stony ground, ones that don't have roots in themselves. Get a prayer life, somebody. Get in your word. Let it change you. 
Let it rearrange you. Let it affect you. And then we go to the thorns. Uh, We go to the thorns. And these are they which are sown amongst the thorns, such as hear the word. The ones that are sown amongst the thorns, they hear the word. They believe it. They trust it. But the scripture goes on to say, And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. Chokes the word of God and it becomes unfruitful. Can I tell you today? Excuse me. I believe a lot of us, if we're not careful, put the words that's been preached and delivered unto us under some thorns. You know, the thing about thorns is that thorns also have roots. Brother, thorns have roots and they'll grow about anywhere. Am I right, somebody? Anybody gardening here? You have to deal with any thorns? I hate thorn bushes. I can't stand them. I, I can't stand little vines and thorns growing around. And, and man, they, they are annoying. <laughs> yeah. But thorns, they have roots too. That's right. sure do. They grow too. Yeah. And we place that word that we've received with the thorns. And the scripture says that you will be unfruitful. You will appear as though you're growing, but never develop fruit. You'll appear as though you're going and you're, and you're doing the right thing and, and we're going through and, and we're making the right decisions and we're, and we're believing God, but, but truly there is no fruit that grows from that word. How many have had a word spoken over their life today? How many have had a word spoken to them where you know it was of God? You know it was of God. And how many times have we placed that under one of those three soils? How many times have we placed it under one of those three and, and, and it wasn't in the right place, but, but God and His richness and His mercy reaches down. Reaches down. And, and let me tell you, He can make any one of those soils Good soil. He can make any one of those grounds right there good ground. That word that you've been delivered in your heart that you're thinking of, that, that, that you remember from when you were a child about your ministry, about your family. Let me tell you something. God can, rem- God can cause you to remember that and cause you to believe that. And it will be fruitful. Fruitful. Amen. Praise God. And these are they which are sown on good ground. Watch this. Such as hear the word and receive it. And bring forth fruit. Some 30 fold, some 60, and some an hundred. 
God, let the word, let it be placed in good soil. Let the word that you've given me, God, be placed on good ground where it can be fruitful in my life, where it can, it can begin to multiply not only to me, but to my family, to my wife, and to my children, God, to our youth group, and to our church, God. Let it be fruitful in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. If we don't get this right, then we can't sow right. Until we receive the word of God, Right, and we truly believe it and put it on good soil in our lives. We have no business sowing seed anywhere else. I believe I'm in a church today with people that have positioned themselves to be with good soil. I believe that I'm in a church today at Medora Pentecostal Church that, that, that they love the Word of God. They love the Word of God. There's a rich history in this church. What was it, 1910, brother? That 1914, whenever this thing started? You don't think that there were promises made from this church from God back in the day? Look at the fruit. Look at the fruit. Look, how, what, look at what the Lord has done. We serve an amazing God. But I'm telling you today, whenever pastor begins to preach, come here, brother. Whenever pastor begins to rightly divide the word of truth, whenever he begins to sow the word into your spirit, I'm asking you today, I'm begging you today, place it on the good soil. Place it on the good soil. In the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Let's worship the Lord right now. Put it in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, brother. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Well, I preached for a little while. Now I want to tell the story. Is that all right? Is that all right, somebody? Let me tell you something. Sowing the word of God's worth it. Believing the word of God is worth it too. Believing. I want to talk to you about good old Uncle Kev today. Good old Uncle Kev. Many of you in here, well, we're all related. In here. <laughs> Many of you in here have family members that, though they're not blood, they're family. Though they might not be related to you, they're family. And to me, Kevin Morgan is that man today. Can you, can you put that picture up there? This is Kevin Morgan right here. All right? He's a real life guy. <laughs> Kevin is one of those guys. Uncle Kev is one of those guys that whenever he comes to church, all right, he's one of those guys that's a little rough around the edges. He's a little, I mean, he's a piece of work. Let's put it that way. All right? Some of you in here know who I'm talking about, all right? Maybe we have some of those in here today. Hopefully not, all right? But Uncle Kev, he's a piece of work, man. He's, he's just as real as, as he can be. He's just as, as genuine and funny as he can be, but he's blunt, too. He'll tell you what he thinks, all right? All right. So Uncle Kev, whenever he comes to church, he's going to show up in his jeans, and his little and his little button-down shirt and maybe a little vest on, 
and, and his wallabies, he, if he's watching, he knows what I'm talking about. And you ain't changing that for anybody. I've never seen him once wear a tie. And he, and he loves Levi's jeans, all right? We got some cowboys in here. I, I don't know if you like Levi's or not. But anyways, that's Uncle Kev, all right? I'm just trying to paint a picture for us, all right? That's his wife, Tracy Morgan. She's apostolic to the core. She's apostolic to the core. Their story goes back to 1994. I don't know if many of you uh, remember there were, in the south there was a major ice storm that went on in 1994. Power was out for over two weeks, something like that. They got married during the ice storm. They have no pictures from their wedding. They have no, no, no really evidence other than witnesses, I guess. <laughs> and, uh, and they had her uncle. Her uncle married him. Let me just get real with you for a moment. They, this past Wednesday, we went over to their home and they began to share this testimony with us. God, I pray it helps somebody today. They began to share their testimony with us and, and they began to really share how they met and what they've gone through in their life. And, and, and Tracy, before, before she was there, by the way, this is my mama's best friend. Okay, so now it makes sense, doesn't it? <laughs> Before they were ever married, she was married to a Pentecostal preacher, apostolic preacher. They had just graduated or left Bible college, and they were going to go start a church. And, and I know that she doesn't mind me saying, but nonetheless, the, the, the picture that you see, Aunt Tracy, before she was ever married to Kevin, she was married to a Pentecostal preacher. And they were about at the church for two months, and... She went on a trip, and she gets a letter that says, you know what, I'm, I'm done with you. I'm, I'm leaving. I, I don't want to be in ministry anymore. This is from her original husband. I don't want to be in ministry anymore. I don't want to be married anymore. I don't love you. I don't have any feelings for you. And so that hurt. There's a lot of people in here that have been through hurt. All right? And so now we, we fast forward. She moves to Memphis with one of her uh, roommates that she knew from college in Memphis, where, where I'm from. She gets involved at the church. She's still apostolic, still believing in the Lord. That, that's a test. That matters. She still, still believes and, and still comes. And Well, fast forward and she meets Kevin. Kevin is a, is a guy that their dad goes to church with. with used to go to church with us and. They were a part of that church, but Kevin, he wasn't in church. He wasn't. He would, they just saw each other at the, uh, at the cookout after church. And, uh, and so they caught eyes for each other, and, and, they, and they fell in love, and they wanted to get married. And Tracy went to her pastor, and her pastor did not bless it. Did not bless it whatsoever. Um, they decided to get married anyway. They told me, I, listen, I'm not trying to share bad, dirt, dirty news. I have permission to say this today, all right? They, she went ahead and, and decided to get married. Not, maybe, maybe this was the right move. I don't know. I don't know. But she went against her pastor. And let, let me tell you something today. 
I'm not encouraging that. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. All right? The pastor, the way he handled the situation was not really the best way to handle it. We'll leave it there. So they get married, and let's show the next picture if you don't mind. And this is them as a younger couple. And he just looks like a piece of work right here, man. He just looks like a piece of work. And that's them as a young couple. And, and before they got married, she was pregnant with her firstborn son. His name is Reese, one of my great friends. All right? Reese, now he's older, he has kids. But before they got married, she was pregnant. And... She wants us to help minister to somebody today, so that's where we're going. And this is after they've been married for a little while. And, and Kevin, good old Uncle Kev, he's a piece of work, remember? He, uh, going through the mud, he's not in church, begins to struggle with some things in life. Drugs, alcohol, not treating his wife right. She's already been through a lot. She's already been through huh, enough for just one person. But, but now that she's married, she's gone against her pastor. She stayed at the church, by the way. Right? Stayed at the church, and now she's married to this man that's not in church. He's got family in church, but he's not there. And hurt comes. Didn't treat her right. Alcohol, drugs. Now let's show the next picture, please. This is Reese. This is our firstborn son. Let me tell you something about good old Uncle Kev. Though he wasn't that good of a man to his wife or just in general, he was the best dad you'd ever met in your life. He's the best dad. My wife knows. All right? So I'm painting this picture. Now, now we're going to get somewhere. So we fast forward. And let's show the next picture, please. All right. This is them modern day. <laughs> All right. We fast forward about 20, 25 years. They've been together the whole time, but still fighting, still fussing, still dealing with problems. Anybody in here deal with problems today? Anybody deal, in here deal with situations? Maybe, I, I, I don't know, maybe in your, I don't know. Family problems are real. All right? This is them now. They raised two young men that are now apostolic preachers and love the word of God. And, and all that being said, it came to a point that though they were raising good boys, behind closed doors, they were still struggling. They were still fighting. And it got to the point to where that once those boys both moved out, they were done. They were done. There's too much hurt, too much pain, too much stuff to deal with, and now they decided to get divorced. So, <laughs> while divorce was going on, while the banter back and forth was going on, they moved up to Wisconsin, they, they'd been back and forth and, and whatnot. Make the long story short, I, I know I'm trying to hurry. Make the long story short, Aunt Trace began to have uh, issues and, and they thought that she had cancer in parts of her body. 
But Kevin, being the man that he was, would still go and see her some. He still cared for her somewhat. Even though that, even though that he wasn't in church and he wasn't living right, the influence of people that prayed for him every day and the, and the people that, that loved him every day still made a difference in him. And so he would go and see her and he would still go and spend time with, it, with his kids and just to make sure that they understood that, that I'm still trying to work on me, right? So now we fast forward from whenever they were married. 20, 25 years later, they get divorced and they were divorced for five years. Five years. And during that time, Kevin lost his job up north. So he moved back down to Memphis, moved in with his parents. And now we fast forward to where his boy moves in uh, down the street and, and Tracy moves back down south. I know it's all over the place, but, but let me just say this. Kevin is divorced. He's living with his parents. Aunt Tracy is living with her son, Rylan. All that being said, Kevin is going and he's going through every day and, and again, he's not in church. He decides one day to call Rylan up on the phone. He says, hey, I'm going to come to church with you tonight. <laughs> I'm going to come to church with you. I just feel I need to come to midweek service. And he's coming. They go through the service. Nothing happens, Pastor. Absolutely nothing. He goes home after they eat and he sits down in his bed at his parents' home. Heaviness comes on his chest. Heaviness. Not that type of heaviness. I'm talking about heart attack heaviness. He stands up, goes and finds his dad, knocks on the door, wakes his dad up and says, Dad, you got to take me to the hospital right now. I'm having a heart attack. They rush him to the hospital. He calls his son, Rylan. Rylan, at his mom's house, wakes up in the middle of the night, does not tell his mom anything, rushes to the hospital. Goes to see his dad. His dad's sitting there in the waiting room. Goes up to, he, he goes up to the lady at the ER and says, Ma'am, I'm having a heart attack. I need to go be seen. She said, well, just sign this paperwork real quick and go sit for just a little while. And, and we'll see you here in a minute. I don't know if that happens up here, but that happens down south. And he's like, what? He goes and sits down. 30 minutes later, he's like, ma'am, I'm having a heart attack. I need to be seen. Like he could feel it. Sweat dripping down his face. He's never felt anything, that heaviness on his heart before. And then R Rylan shows up and he goes one more time to ask the lady at the front desk. He says, he says ma'am, I've got to be seen. She says, go sit back down. We'll get to you whenever we get to you. He goes and sits down. And his boy just shows up and then he sets his hands like this. Falls over. Dead. Falls over dead. The nurse then decides she wants to jump, jump, the, jump the counter and come and try to do resuscitation and do CPR on him. And, and Ryland said that whenever they turned his body over, his eyes were fixed and he knew he was gone. Something along those lines where, where he knew that, like, it, it, he never seen anything like that before. Uncle Kev, good old Uncle Kev, died that day. They tried to resuscitate him. And they brought him back for just a moment or two. 
He dies again. Loses life. Loses oxygen. They, they try to cart him to the room. Well, on the way, resuscitate him again. Dies again. Dies again. Let me tell you something. Words that you think are dead are not dead today. Words that you think are not dead. Are, I'm telling you, they are not dead today. Hear me, somebody. They, they help them. They, they get them. They get them. They can't do anything. Rylan, this apostolic young man, lifts up his voice and starts praying and pleading the blood over his dad. And life begins to form back in that young, in that, that man, Kevin Morgan. And I'm telling you today, prayer and the word of God works today. Woo! He's laying there in the bed in that, in that room and, and Ryland just exhausted. He goes back to he goes back to his grandparents' house after they've got him hooked up in in, in on oxygen and everything and, and making sure that he's okay. Well, Ryland goes back to his grandparents' house. His mama calls him. <laughs> uh, she woke up the next morning. She couldn't find her son. <laughs> Where did he go? She called my mama. They've taken my boy. <laughs> Where did he go? <laughs> and, and she called him over and over and over and over and over again. Could not get a hold of her child. Finally, she said, one more time, I'm going to call him. He answers the phone, half asleep. She said, Rylan, where are you? He said, Dad died last night. She's like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah, and you didn't tell me. She didn't say thank God, but. <laughs> She's like, why, why didn't you tell me? And he was so, I mean, it, he just had to do what he had to do. Well, now she gets ready and she goes to the hospital. Huh. She goes to the hospital. And there Kevin is laying with his eyes shut. Laying with his eyes shut. And her, her son began to pray for a man that she's divorced. That's hurt her. That many people would have lost love for that man. This apostolic woman and her apostolic son, believing on the word of God, begin to bind together and pray and call on the name of the Lord, making that room a prayer meeting. She goes, takes the hand of that man laying in that bed, begins to pray, and as soon as she gets done praying, Kevin Morgan opens up his eyes and standing beside him is the woman. That though she left, she's now right back beside him. God can restore anything. God can restore anything. He woke up with the lady that he once loved right beside her, praying for him, longing for God to touch him. He finally gets better and the story goes on. Well, I mean, they're still divorced. They still have problems to go through. They still have issues to deal with. Months later, they're being cordial with each other. Again, she's having some, some 
cancer possibilities. He goes up there to see her. He goes up there to check on her. And while they're there, the Lord began to speak to Tracy. The Lord began to speak to Aunt Tracy. And he said, he said, remember that man on the way to Ziklag, whenever the, whenever the army of Israel with David was on their way, and they helped that, that guy that turned out to be an enemy, but they really helped David and his army. The Lord told her, that's your marriage. Restore it. That's your marriage. Restore it. She knew at that moment what she had to do. And so they just texted back and forth. They said, you want to go get something to eat? Five years separate. They decided, you know what? I'm going to go get something. Musicians can come. I'm going to go get something to eat. And that original picture, could you put that original picture up, brother? This is the picture of that first date after they'd been divorced. Five months later in St. Louis, Missouri at NAYC at a hotel conference center, they had all their friends and loved ones gather around and they, gave, they got remarried. Show, show, the, show the next picture, please, from, from, from their wedding day. This is their two boys, Reese and Ryland. That though through hurt, they still remained apostolic preachers. And this is Aunt Tracy and Uncle Kevin. That through hurt and through pain, God gave her a word. God gave her a word. And it didn't seem like it would come to pass. But she acted on it. And what she thought was dead originally is now full of life. And their love story is amazing. Let's all stand across the house today. Tracy Morgans. The place for them to run is the church. And the place for them to be is the church. I ask every one of you to come down to this altar today. And before we get to pray, I'm going to ask you one question today. Has God given you a word? 
Has God given you a word from years past that you think that you think is is just buried underneath some soil that you think is buried underneath some thorns that you think is just cast along the way I'm here to tell you today God can restore anything God can restore anything Pastor I believe that's why Jesus in the book of Luke or John whenever Mary was at the tomb Jesus appeared as a gardener. Jesus appeared as a gardener. And you know what good gardeners do, brother? They can make any soil good. They don't mind getting their hands dirty. They don't mind moving away the rocks and the stones and the thorns. They don't mind making it good soil. What's that word that God's given you today? Let God restore it in your spirit today. Every head bowed, every hand raised. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorchurch.com to learn more about our ministry.